Hey guys, it's Mark here from ETF Tracker and this is Exchange Traded Fridays. Issue number 18 and it's the week ending the 19th of November. So if you're listening in, we started this in July and it is now, yeah, 18 weeks later. I committed to 18, I committed to weekly, so we have to do it. This is Exchange Traded Fridays. We'll see what we do in the future. We might switch to fortnightly or something, but I have to find a way to make sure that it always goes out on Fridays as a recap of what has happened in the the news. And if you're out there just getting into ETFs, we've got a bunch of resources on the website where you can go to etftracker.com.au. You can click on the getting started. It's one of the call out buttons straight away when you go to the website on your phone or on your desktop. There's a whole bunch of links and videos from many great providers out there of education. And ETF Track, we're all about the data, but we do this Exchange Traded Fridays to see what has happened in the news globally, as well as locally in the world of ETFs this week. And we do it each Thursday night or evening. We also see uh, what has happened over the weekends as well. So it's basically from last Thursday night when we recorded it and put it out as a newsletter that you can read on the website. And that's what I'm gonna go through right now. But if you're listening in, great. You can listen in and hear all about what's going on, but some of it you will need to see. So I'm gonna describe it for you. I'm gonna describe what's on the page, but yeah, you definitely get a much better experience if you watch it on YouTube as well. I've started putting a few snippets up of this, especially the intros just like this uh, in Instagram. And I might do something on Twitter and depending on where you're looking at. But this week was pretty straightforward. So we'll get to the news. I'll switch over now to that one. Let's go and we can see my screen here. I'm gonna zoom in just so people can see. What are we at? 150%. So hopefully that's enough there for you guys. So yeah, um, highlights this week was pretty straightforward. It was more in seeing thematics being spoken about as well as crypto in the AFR Australian Financial Review, as well as a deep dive on the new Crip ETF. Globally, we look at the SEC rejection of a spot Bitcoin ETF. So Vanek last week, put in an application and that came out uh, when we put out our newsletter. It was Thursday night by Friday night, which is basically the US uh, market open there. It was rejected. So we're not getting a spot Bitcoin ETF there, but over here back home, we still have a chance because there's applications also from Van Eck, Monochrome Asset Management, and I'm sure BetaShares and other places that have crypto type ETFs out there like Cosmos Asset Management are probably putting applications out there. And whether it's gonna be on ChiX or the ASX, we are yet to find out. But we also saw uh, globally some things on pending indice changes and indices are very interesting because ETFs track an index. And if you have changes in the index, then you're gonna have changes in what is going on in those ETFs. And uh, that's something to look at. And we also look at liquidity in the spotlight. So all that more, all that and more below. So what else is in the newsletter? So we've got the local and global, we've got the ETF videos and podcasts, tweet of the week, chart of the week, ETF education, ETF tracker app, and more. So now we're at the stage, we're gonna take a look, a bit of a deep dive into the local articles. The first two are from the AFR. If you're not already uh, subscribed to them, you should. Uh, we weren't originally uh, doing too much on looking at the AFR, but I feel like it's worth it. They've written so much more about ETFs uh, since August, I would say, because they had uh, the the 20th anniversary of ETFs in Australia, uh, that was 2001, 
when they first came here. So it was a big kind of lot of articles there. And then each week, especially because there's news of Bitcoin type ETFs, currently we have the picks and shovels ETFs out there. So this article is all about that. Five ETFs tracking investment megatrends. And um, these couple of articles this week are from Tony Featherstone. He's a contributor over there. He breaks down a few of the thematic-based ETFs such as Crip, FTEX, Semi, HGen, and CLNE. So let's take a look at this first article here just quickly. And you can see here that these are the five recent ETFs and megatrends and Crypto Innovators ETF. And if you didn't already know, that was the biggest launch of a passive ETF, uh, the first day launch and how much money came into it. It's now got over 100 million, I believe. It had 42 million on its first day and it's very quick. It's not even, it might be a month old by now, but it was very quick to get to that level of investment, especially after having such a strong, uh, you know, first day there. And that just shows how much pent up demand there is for crypto. And then we've got the ETFs, uh, ETF securities, that is FinTech and blockchain ETF, that's FTEC. And this one's got 75 companies and we can see that because we've done some analysis on comparing CRIP, C-R-Y-P, FTEC, and DIGA, which is also another uh, blockchain picks and shovels type ETF from Cosmos. And you can see here that it draws on companies that have a FinTech theme. So blockchain, big data research, buy now, pay later, and more. And then there's the semiconductor ETF also from ETF Securities. So they, and they've also got a hydrogen ETF. So you've got the semiconductor, semi, you've got hydrogen, HGen. So if you wanna play any of those, whether it's getting into the microchips and gaming, you know, the whole semiconductor kind of shortage that we saw earlier this year, and maybe still going on and then the hydrogen play as a way to pure play into ESG, right? So they've got these ones here. And then finally, uh, there's another one from Vanek, which does a lot of also thematic type ETS with the global clean energy ETF. And so that's worth a look at as well. And that's into renewable and clean energy type companies. And so they, these are definitely worth, if you're say an investor and you've got uh, quite a few broad-based ETFs and sector ETFs and European and Asian, and you want a bit of exposure to some things that are thematics, these are a few ideas here. So take a look at that. And now we get into the crypto and thematic ETFs, but they come with risks. And so this is where I saw it. So it was already in the news that um, the the beta shares Crip ETF. Um, actually, no, no, this is, this is something on thematic ETFs getting to 100 billion. So here in the market in Australia, the total ETF market is 127 billion if we include Chi-X's numbers from last month. So that's for September. So we've got October data for the ASX. So it's at 127. If we add all of that up for the latest numbers, it'll probably be at 128, maybe even 129 by the time we get the Chi-X numbers there. And what they're saying here is that thematic ETFs or what they've labeled as thematic, that's only three and a half billion of the total 127 that could get to 100 billion over the next couple of years. Okay, so this is an article about that. They talk to many in this article. So there's Alex Vinacle from BetaShares, one of the founders there, Kenneth Shug from ETF Securities, Chris Bricky from Stockspot, Andrew Macken from Montaka Global Investments, they've got an ETF as well. Roger Montgomery from Montgomery Investment Management, well-known. Arian Niren from Van Eck Australia too. So this is in the AFR. And again, it's Tony that's talking about this. He lists a couple of these uh, selected ASX quoted thematic ETFs. And we went through these before. Ones that are additional here. So there was the, uh, well, actually, no, these are different to the previous ETF. So there's BetaShares Global Cybersecurity ETF, that's HACK. ETFs, 
uh, ETFS battery tech and lithium that is going by the great name ACDC. Battery ACDC, perfect name, we love it. And ETFS securities, ETF securities robo play. So robotics, it's robo. BetaShares also has a robotics and AI ETF, that is RBTZ. And then Van Eck, we spoke to Damon Gozen a couple of weeks ago about this particular ETF because he asked me to do some homework on this to, to look into how similar this China New Economy ETF, uh, which is CNEW, C-N-E-W, how similar it is to other uh, Asian ETFs. And we saw that it has very dissimilar holdings, which could be good because if you've got already uh, Asian exposure and you don't want to double up on that and you're looking for different companies, then CNEW is definitely something worth looking at. So they talk with uh, Alex and the others here, and basically they talk about the risks of underperformance. And so it's worth a look at here that some of these ETFs, the thing is they, um, not the ones that I mentioned, but there's other ETFs that are in that thematic kind of basket. So we had work from home it was something that really happened, you know, over the last uh, 18, 19 months or so with uh, COVID hitting and this move to work from home. And so there was work from home ETFs being created, right? Uh, Zoom, I remember as an individual stock, right? That shot up. Okay, but there are risks in, you know, these kinds of ETFs, especially if all you're investing in is just these concentrated kind of bets or very just thematic kind of bets that only do well based on certain things happening. And if they reverse some of that thing uh, reverses, whether it's inflation or it's a reopening or whatever it is, uh, you have that risk there. So it's good to, you know, kind of diversify. And so this looks at the thematic ETFs in Australia, the number of products that there are, they count about 16. And what's the fund? So it's over three and a half billion, according to beta shares there. So worth a look, but worth a read for this. Um, they talk about ETS for diversification, and they also talk about some of the risks there too. So a lot of good commentators in this one. Worth a look, that's for sure. All right, this is an interesting one here. This is from a blog, and it's someone called The Finance Guy. And we see him in Instagram and also on some of these Facebook groups. And he broke down the CRIP ETF. And this is a bit of analysis here. So this is great because it's good to see the community uh, breaking things down, not just saying, hey, buy this, buy that, but you know, actually doing some analysis here, which we love to see. We do a lot of stuff with data. And so we respect whenever people are breaking things down with the data. So he looks at some facts about CRIP. So a good level of highlights if you didn't know about it already, like where it was, uh, who's launched it. It's Australia's first crypto-focused ETF. Um, there's also DIGA as well, D-I-G-A, that also launched it, has that. So they came out around the same time. I think DIGA maybe came a few days earlier, but in any case, there, there's some similarities there. But Crip from BetaShares was definitely the more popular of the two. Fun fact, I think uh, Dan who runs uh, Cosmos Asset Management came from BetaShares. So in effect, you could say that, you know, these crypto type ETFs kind of came from BetaShares, they're seeded from them. Uh, it had a net asset value of 42 million on its first day and 3.8 million units outstanding. So that's quite interesting there. Some more details about it. The management fee, 0.67%. Benefits of investing in crypto. So there's crypto exposure, the crypto volatility, 
shield as well. So he talks about that cryptocurrencies must often be, must often prove, most often prove to be volatile, too volatile for a local Australian investors, but with an ETF investors can afford to hold companies rather than crypto assets. And so there's a lot of people that don't, they don't necessarily buy into crypto, even though, you know, a lot of people say, oh, just, you know, if you want crypto, why wait for an ETF? Just go buy crypto, go on Binance, go on Coinbase, Coin, all of these different ones there. But some people want less risk by buying into an ETF. So we're all for the optionality. If you want that higher kind of risk, you know, you can't say that it's not a higher risk to just directly buy a couple of coins and choose it yourself. Or you want something that's tracking an index and you can read all about index and passive kind of uh, strategies for investing and the benefits of those. And that's what these ETFs are. Yes, there's active ETFs, but these ones, yeah, they basically are tracking an index there. And so there's benefits for that. Investor regulation and protection is also there as well because this is um, the ASX is covering uh, this one and then ChiX is covering DIGA, D-I-G-A. And if you want blockchain, you've got FTEC as well. Why you should consider BitShares Crypto Innovators ETF. So it goes through some of the reasons why it's a outstanding promise for an ETF um, based on the launch, getting up to 42 million, a lot of popularity, very popular ETF. I mean, we look at thumb and net inflows. So if those things are doing well, that's a good sign that people are very interested in that ETF. It's, uh, it is a popularity contest and that's why they've got great names for their tickers like Crip. And uh, it's gonna track one of the biggest global crypto asset managers, Bitwise Crypto Industry Innovators, index and so that's the benchmark and um, it gives you access to leading global companies at the heart of cryptocurrency growth so that and various reasons are interesting uh, if you are looking at this as an investment will crypt invest in bitcoin so this one's interesting and uh, the way that we see it is that look crypt is going to be the picks and shovels type etf there is the plans because the ASIC, A-S-I-C, ASIC has approved, uh, given certain set of guidelines that are followed, that we can have a spot Bitcoin ETF here in Australia. So is it going to be beta shares? Is it going to be one of the others that gets there first? So it's certainly interesting. He looks at the top 10 holdings here for that ETF. There's Galaxy Digital, Silvergate Capital, Marathon Digital, Coinbase Global, and MicroStrategy, uh, the top five, and there's more there. There's also... Crip regulations is BetaShares capable of Crip fund management. So worth a look at in reading that there. And then also Crip versus other ETFs on the ASX. So this is a really good breakdown. One of the better ones that we've seen um, from the, I guess you could say the blogger or Finfluencer type community. So worth a look. Um, so the finance guy, if you couldn't already guess from it, um, FIRE being uh, financial independence, retire early. So there's a big community around that. A lot of them invest in ETFs and we're part of that group. You know, I run my own company trying to do stuff. I don't know if I'll necessarily retire early, but hey, if there's a chance of doing that, I am certainly out for setting my own pathway. That's for sure. So thanks for that finance guy. We'll take a look at more of that if you do produce some more. This one here is from Small Caps. If you don't already sign up to small caps, it's worth a look. As the name implies, it looks at small cap uh, type investments. And in this one, it talks about ETFs allow small investors to keep up, keep up with the wealthy. And it talks about the Van Eck Global Listed Private Equity ETF, GPEQ. And this is the first time because there are LICs out there that invest in private equity. But this is the first time as an ETF vehicle in Australia that 
Aussie investors can get access to private equity. Fun fact that we learned uh, over the weekend looking into this kind of stuff, um, with private, uh, sorry, with companies that go from startup all the way to IPOing, right, when they get listed, it used to take an average of about four years. And now, that was back, I think, 2004, but now it's around 11 years. So it's taking longer, but that's because most companies are staying private and there are benefits of that. But what ends up happening is if you're an investor, an individual investor, you can't get into that unless you qualify for the sophisticated investor test, which means an asset test, which means an income test. There's all of these things that you need to overcome in terms of hurdles. And if you don't have that high enough amount of money, you miss out, unfortunately, on these kinds of startup type investments or investments that usually would only go to private equity. So worth a look at this article here if you're interested. We include a picture of this as well. Finally, we are at the ETF Securities. Each week, as we remind you, the Tuesday, sign up to their newsletter, ETF Securities, because what ends up happening is they send you a monitor each Tuesday of what has happened in the week before for flows, for performance. We include the table here, which shows um, highlights of what did well last week, and it was DIGA, D-I-G-A, was the top of the pops, followed by Crip. So DIGA, in that one week, gained 14.6%. Absolutely amazing. And beta shares was not far behind at 8.4% and was the second, followed by ESPO from Vanek at 8%. And so you can download the monitor. Um, I'll just zoom in here and you can see what else there was. There's performance over the year to date. So oil, OOO, so that's the beta shares crude oil index, currency hedged, ETF is up 67.8%. And this is total return. So it takes into account dividends or distributions, as they call it in ETF world, being reinvested. So um, just make sure that you, when you look at this, you're like, hang on, why doesn't this match up with the price? Well, it's because this is a total return. So it's often good to look at total returns because it's not just the price return. It actually takes into account price and other distributions there. And also over the last 12 months too, it's LNAS, the leveraged NASDAQ plays up 96.8%. But the thing with that is that as a long-term holder, you've got to be careful with some of these leveraged ETFs. And we've mentioned that kind of stuff before in the show. Okay. We are at the global, global article. So let's take a look at the first one. It's from FX Empire. US SEC rejects the VanEck spot Bitcoin ETF. In this article, we see that the SEC rejected the attempt from VanEck to create a spot Bitcoin ETF for US investors. The main concern has been around the potential for market manipulation in these markets, especially, um, which is interesting because in Canada, a number of Bitcoin Ethereum and Ethereum based ETFs are already out in the open market, but in the US, they, they just recently, um, I wouldn't say they gave approval. Maybe they have given approval for the futures based ETFs, but they basically didn't get in the way and so the idea here was that they thought, well, some commentators thought, well, if uh, VanX, you know, they had to get an answer by Friday last week for their spot Bitcoin ETF. And if the SEC didn't say anything, then that would be okay. They could start trading. But the, in the case of a Bitcoin spot Bitcoin ETF, the SEC, I read that they needed to actually say something yes or no for it to actually move forward. And they said no. And as I said, it's because of, uh, it seems like it's market manipulation is one of the causes there. And then after that, what ended up happening was BITO and BTF. So BITO was the 
uh, ETF that did nearly 1 billion. So the biggest launch in the US was nearly 1 billion on its first day. It was just a shade under the biggest launch in Australia is 42 million. So very, very different market sizes, but it just shows how much more room we have for growth. But both of those futures-based ETFs dipped after this rejection. So worth a look at there. Okay, we are at um, CMC Markets, NERD ETF, N-E-R-D, you heard that right, NERD ETF poised for a rebound. And this is an article about because of the Chinese regulatory crackdown, there's an impact on this ETF, N-E-R-D, which is from the, it's basically called the Roundhill Bitcraft Esports and Digital Entertainment ETF, and it tracks companies in gaming, hardware, streaming networks, and gaming leagues and others. And the worry was that video gaming would be subdued as economies open up, as well as the Chinese regulatory crackdown on companies like this. But it's been um, buoyed, buoyed by, um, well, supported, let's just say that, by the lifestyle changes that appear to be staying for many post-COVID lockdowns. And so this one is from, and we haven't featured this one before from CMC Markets, so worth a look at here. Uh, who we got here? So, um, Roundhill, I believe this is, I think this is Will who runs Roundhill. I think I might've been wrong there, but in any case, you can, doesn't say here, but that's okay. <clears throat> what you can see here is the price chart. And since the, uh, start of 2021, it is down this particular ETF. Let's see how long it's been around for. Uh, yeah, it goes back to 2020. Further than that, okay, so it started in uh, June 2019 and it's it's up since June, but it's it's been, yeah, a little bit choppy, especially uh, this year trending downwards. But since the middle of, uh, well, actually early October, it has been trending back up. So worth potentially uh, a relook at this one there, but it talks about some of the companies that are in it. So it's got Chinese tech group Tencent, which has been hit by all the Chinese regulatory crackdowns, but it's also got Activision Blizzard and others in their live game, live game streaming platform, Huya, H-U-Y-A is also in there and they reported really good figures. So there's reasons why it is up. Is it worth uh, investing in? It's not an Aussie ETF where we have a look at not just the price, but all the other metrics. So we can't tell you, but yeah, it might be worth further investigation. There's a lot of great other apps like Track Insight and ETF.com, ETFDB.com, where they have more data on those US markets. So we list that in our resources section up above. If you're looking at ETF trackers, it's worth a look there. All right, Coindesk is also talking about the Vanek um, guys because what happened after they reject, oh, the SEC rejected the spot Bitcoin ETF, they saw that Vanek plans to launch a futures Bitcoin ETF, XBTF, and that is uh, launching next week. So we'll see what happens there. Hopefully that one goes okay because it is okay to launch futures Bitcoin ETFs. So there's gonna be some competition for the three that are out there already. And then the last two, ETF stream talks about liquidity issues under the microscope as ETFs start to move underlying markets. And what it talks about is despite global popularity of thematic ETFs, meaning that shares of companies in these niche areas of the market get bought up when, not if, the trend in, uh, reverses because the trend, uh, well, you know, it might not reverse for a while, but it should reverse. Markets are mean reverting. Uh, the flows could have major negative effects on those company stocks. 
So this article goes through this from a European perspective, but it's certainly a global issue. So if you've got an ETF and it's got certain companies in there and that ETF is really popular, they end up having to buy uh, more holdings in those companies, more shares in those companies, which drives the price of those companies up. So if the ETF is popular, it can have that manifestation of pushing up that single you know, stock or those groups of stocks, those companies. But what happens when trends reverse, especially for thematic ETFs? What could end up happening is that as money pours out, so too will money pour out of um, the price or the price of those single stocks will drop. And what could that mean in, you know, for, for those companies or the investors in those companies? Like you might be invested in that company and not actually be invested in an ETF, but you see the price drop because it's being affected by the ETF markets. It's not a vacuum. One affects the other. So that's what this article is about. It does look at it from the European perspective there. So the global ETF market is on course to hit 10 trillion with European listed ETFs currently sitting at almost 1.5 trillion. And as we said, Australian ETFs are $127 billion. We might get to over 130. We'll, we'll probably get to over $130 billion by the end of the year. So we are a drop in the ocean as symbolized by this image here, very poignant there. So worth a look at here, they've also got this chart, European thematic UKITs, uh, UCITs, ETFs, assets under management as at 30th of September. They break down by disruptive technology, people and demographics, physical environment, and the number of thematic um, UCITs, UKITs uh, there. So there's nearly 70. So worth a look at here. Liquidity is definitely under the microscope. And then finally here, we've got Financial Times, major sector ETFs face risk of large tech companies being reclassified. So what's ended up ending up happening is that the S&P Dow Jones and MISCI, they're the ones that provide some of these major indices in the world. They are having a consultation of uh, looking at a potential revamp of what they call GICs. So in the industry, there's these sector classifications. So global industry classification standards, GICs is what they're called. And if there's changes in them, what might end up happening is that companies that were previously classified in one sector now get moved to another. And for some, that could see a fall in the weighting of those indexes due to these shifts. Um, so a fall in certain things like, say, banks, um, those types of stocks. So financial type indexes can be affected there. Additionally, some ETFs will become more cyclical because they might either have companies removed or companies added to them. So they might have the, the more non-cyclical companies in that index removed. And so they'll become more cyclical or they'll have uh, companies added, se sorry, sectors added to their index, which means the companies that are part of that sector now have to be considered part of these indexes. And that's going to change the behavior of those indexes and e e ETFs will track those indexes. So you're going to see an effect on the price of those ETFs too. So worth a look at here from the Financial Times. Now we get to the videos. And so what happened this week? Well, over the weekend, we saw that the Equitymates guys had spoken to John Caulfield from Van Eck. He spoke about five mistakes to avoid when investing in ETFs. So worth a look at there. They had him in studio in their, um, their podcast studio. Alec and Bryce from the Equinemates uh, chat group talked to John about these different areas. And these areas included things like looking at the fees, looking under the hood, which we're all about, 
cognitive biases, cognitive biases that you might have as an investor. Also emotional investing. So definitely worth a look at. Like it is hard. Like you can be interested in ETFs and do all the math and look at all the calculations of what you're going to invest in and what it could potentially turn out to be and think that you're going to behave a certain way, but it is very different once you are actually out there and you have money at risk. You actually have real dollars, a couple of hundred dollars, a couple of thousand, tens of thousands or more. It's a very different story once you've actually got money invested in the markets. He also talks about using limit orders. And so this is 38 minutes. We'll just take a sneak peek at what's going on here. So price or limit price, uh, and they can uh, decide between those two. So can you define what a limit order is and and how you put one on? So limit order, you essentially capping the price you're willing to pay for something or, you know, putting a flaw on what you're willing to sell at. Whereas market, you're essentially just throwing it to ASX. And so worth a look at there. Okay. So, they go through all these things, a good 38 minutes. So five mistakes to avoid when in, uh, investing in ETFs from equity mates. Thank you very much for that, guys. Now we jump to the Ausbiz. We've got two videos we featured this week. The first one is Ausbiz investors are keen, but limited opportunities for hydrogen just now. And so they talk to Ord Minette's David Lane, who's a regular on the show. And per the show notes, hydrogen has been around for a long time, but it is a fossil fuel here and now. So what makes hydrogen the buzzword right now? And so David runs through the transition from gray hydrogen to eventually being much cleaner thanks to blue and green technology. So if you're into ESG investing or you're just trying to understand what are the differences with these, why are people talking about hydrogen? This is a video worth looking at. And then next fun one from Ausbiz for this week is uh, that we're highlighting using active ETFs to play multiple thematics at once. And they interview here, George Clapham from Eight Bays. And he talks about if you're looking to play more than one thematic at a time, what are the things that you could look for? And according to George, the fund has invested in as many as 15 US-based active ETFs at any one time using the expertise of those running them to help generate portfolio alpha. So it's definitely worth a look at here because some investors don't actually invest in active ETFs. And I think that you should consider it depending on the ETF type. We've got, I think about 40, 50 active ETFs here in Australia, many more overseas. And he's talking about these overseas ones, but here in Australia of the 240 plus, it might be, I think we might get to 245 because there's quite a few new ones that have listed uh, over the last couple of months. So who knows, we might get to 250 ETFs by the end of the year, but around uh, 40, 50 of those, maybe even more are active ETFs. And what that means is that they don't track a benchmark. They actually track, uh, well, no, so they're built to outperform. So some of them may list the benchmark, but they're not there to just go along with the ebbs and flows of that benchmark. They are actually trying to outperform. Now, active management is not easy. And so we do see that um, more passive strategies in terms of numbers perform better than active, but that's not to say you might pick the right manager uh, that does really well and has that really strong level of performance. So worth a look at there. That's eight minutes and seven minutes for those two Ausbiz videos respectively. Finally, we get to CNBC's ETF Edge. And sometimes we just list this as uh, the podcast, but in this case, they've got the show. So worth a look at here. They talk about a couple of things from the Bitcoin ETF bus. So the spot Bitcoin ETF that was trying to get launched from Van Eck. That got rejected. Invesco also pulled a potential Bitcoin ETF filing. 
They also go through here in this episode inflation, how to protect your portfolio against inflation, as well as ESG and how demand for these environmental plays and technology plays often cross over within the ESG space. So worth a look at there, that's 23 minutes. There we go. And we are at the podcast section and we've got two to highlight this week. The first one is the Australian Finance Podcast. And this is on Finfluencers and Social Investing with Dr. Natalie Hendry. And per the show notes from the team at Rask Australia, Owen and Kate, in this thought-provoking and reflective episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, Kate Campbell chats to Dr. Natalie Hendry, a researcher at RMIT, about her findings on how we learn about our personal finances through social platforms. And we also link here Dr. Hendry's research, so worth definitely worth a look at here. We have spoken to one of her colleagues at RMIT, Angel Zong, and Angel is often in the news talking about um, the uh, what happens with like whether it's finfluencers or retail investing and many other types of studies. She's done a lot of stuff on factor investing here in Australia, so worth a look at there. Shout out to Angel as well from RMIT. And then finally, in the podcast, we highlight Bloomberg's Trillions podcast, and this is from Eric Balchunas over there. This is the rise of the anti-woke ETF, and per the show notes, a new batch of ETF seeks to highlight or seeks to appeal to the right-leaning investors who want an alternative, the opposite, to the woke corporate America and ESG activism. We've heard this kind of stuff being put out in the news. These, if I was to create an ETF, I'm going to do it with, you know, stuff that the ESG screens out. And so this is something that is actually happening, this anti-woke type ETF. So that might not gel with certain investors, but it's all about options. Um, and so this is something to, to certainly look at. And that's a 37 minute podcast there. Now we're at the tweet of the week. So what is going on in the tweet of the week? We highlight something from beta shares and it is a congratulations to them. Pat on the back that they put up here, but we certainly are congratulating them and many more should, especially if you are in that ESG play. So the counter to this anti-woke, as they're calling it, anti-ESG ETF, is that the biggest ESG-focused ETF in Australia, which is a global ESG-focused fund from BetaShares, and we've had one of the portfolio managers on the show here. That's uh, Jess Long. Shout out to Jess from BetaShares, who runs her own channel called At The Long Way on TikTok and Instagram, and she's one of the portfolio managers there for Ethi, E-T-H-I, it crossed $2 billion in assets under management. So congrats to them. That's the tweet. You can click on that there. If you want to follow Beta Shares, make sure you do on Twitter. Chart of the week. This one is one that we added uh, from ETF Tracker. And what we're seeing here is that basically what we did is we filtered. We So we went into the app that you can go. It's, it runs on desktop. So unfortunately, it doesn't run on uh, mobile because, well, this is free. Uh, it costs money to build a mobile app it was easy enough for me to build and track all this data on ETFs and pull it into something that's uh, within a Power BI, which is a product from Microsoft. And so within Power BI, I can build this, this interactive app. And the image I've taken here is me going to the holding section, clicking on the filter on the right-hand side and filtering basically for Australian small company ETFs. Okay, so that's small mid-cap and I've only got holdings for six of them. There's more ETFs that are out there in the smaller mid cap kind of basket, but some 
either they don't get their holdings uh, reported that much or because they're active or we just don't, we're not able to track that. But of the six that we do, what we can see here is that the most concentrated is MVE at 31% of its top 10 uh, holdings being 31% of the whole ETF. Now, maybe that seems high, but if you consider that the average, the industry average is around 45 to 47%, meaning that if you average out all of the 180 ETFs that we have, the top 10 holdings averages about 45, 47%. For these ones, the highest, this small cap sector, the highest is 31% for MVE of the ETFs that we have. So MVE being that highest one there. And on the left-hand side, you can see how comparable these ETFs are, where they've got some common names. So EX20, MVE, and VSO all have CHC as a holding. Um, four of them have PLS, two of them have IEL. OZL is across three of them. I'm um, sorry, IEL is across three of them as well. And you can open this up when you're in the app and see what these tickers are. I don't even know what these names are because they're small caps. I don't track that kind of thing, but we collect the data and we put it in the app so you can tell me what is in there. We can go to the app another time and take a look, but yeah, that's certainly there. And then finally, further ETF education. I thought I'd highlight this also from ETF Tracker. It is our ETF dictionary. This is our own education piece here because with the dictionary, what we've done is that many people were asking about what are some of these different metrics that you've got within the app and rather than just explain it in the app as well, um, I link back to a page here which the definitions that come from the ASX and CHIX where we get these performance and uh, size and transaction type metrics. That's in there. So we look at size, transaction, tradeability. Under tradeability, you've got monthly liquidity and percentage spread. What do those mean? Where does this kind of stuff come from? So worth a look at here. There's a couple of links to videos that explain it in a bit more detail. And then there's other common ETF terms such as active versus passive. What are brokers? What are ETF issuers? What's a core satellite strategy? Portfolio composition file, otherwise known as holdings. What's rebalancing? Sharp ratios, Ortino ratios, tracking error, transparency, and that's all we've got for now, but there's certainly more to be added there. So that's the ETF dictionary. You're gonna see some of those common terms, especially if you're using ETF Tracker and you're looking at data like this, it's worth a look at there. Then if you wanna access the ETF Tracker app, you can click on the links here. Finally, what I wanted to highlight is the ETF Tracker forum where we've had new members sign up. So shout out to the folks at uh, the, basically we, we had, what happened was earlier in this week on Monday, we saw a big spike in people visiting the page and um, that's great. And it was interesting because I hadn't published anything. There wasn't any videos that I'd uh, done other than last week's newsletter. But what happened was that Henry Jennings, shout out to Henry over at Marcus Today, a great newsletter. Uh, they basically featured uh, a, a sentence highlighting that he'd seen this great website, which is ETF Tracker and uh, recommended that it's worth a look as it solves some of the problems he was looking at in terms of holdings. And like I said, we built this holdings app and the other parts of the app to look at trends, but he recommended it there. So thanks for the shout out there for this free resource that we provide and, you know, podcasts and more. So we had an influx of visitors there. So I wanted to highlight that. Go to the forum. Um, we've got uh, welcome messages. If people want to ask questions, you can take a look there and answer um, some of those if you've got the answers or you can ask questions yourself. And then finally, I wanted to highlight that uh, over the past couple of weeks, 
we've been helping uh, one of these growing kind of Facebook investing, especially ETF investing groups. And this one is called ETF Investing Australia. It started by a guy named Chad Mora. He is an American living here in Australia. Can't remember where, um, but it doesn't matter. But he is interested in ETFs and local ETFs here. And he started this group and we became part of it and we got to chatting and he eventually invited me over to uh, become an admin of the group. And so I, uh, yeah, um, I have to, as an admin, kick out a lot of spam comments because that is just part and parcel of any kind of social media. I mean, I even get spam comments on the forums here. But um, apart from that, there's a lot of great questions that get posted there. We post a lot of the analysis that we do. People post up questions, videos. There's a lot of great insights there. Today, as we're recording this on Thursday, this is like the 18th, they hit 2K in terms of 2,000 subscribers. And so it only just started a couple of months ago. So it's a very fast growing uh, group. So worth a look at there. There's a link to join it if you're on Facebook. Uh, yeah, worth a check out there. So that is ETF Investing Australia on Facebook. And that's it. Um, going back to the top, we have covered everything. And so, yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks very much for joining in. It's a bit late uh, for me to record this. I had a bit of a big day with uh, various kinds of meetings with people going into the city. It was great to see people in real life. It's been an amazing journey that we've had, you know, doing this newsletter and podcasts and, and videos over the last couple of weeks. And so, yeah, we continue to push more out. We'll get to the 20th episode before the end of the year. We'll see how it goes. I hope to, you know, keep on doing stuff maybe into Christmas, but we'll see. Depends on what is going on in the markets, if there's anything kind of newsworthy. But wherever you are, if uh, you are already thinking about holidays, the place, the office that I was in, they are already putting up, um, well, maybe not already, maybe it's late to the game, but there are Christmas decorations being put up. And I hear that the Martin Place in Sydney, Martin Place Christmas tree is already being put up or has been put up. So, you know, the, the silly season, the jolly season, whatever it is, it's starting to come. It's nearly that end of the year. If uh, you are thinking about investing or if you are thinking about, you know, what can I do to change my investments if you're into ETFs? Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hopefully there's been something in this video, whether it's the links or the videos that we can point you to that will help your investing journey. And yeah, we, we thank you very much for listening and watching. Um, as I said, please like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends all about this. And until next week, happy investing.